When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello. If you're listening to this, you've stumbled across the Latin American History Podcast. Before beginning, I want to give a brief outline of what you can expect from it. Having been inspired by other history podcasts, I've decided to create my own, one which focuses on the Spanish and Portuguese Americas. I think Latin America is a fascinating place. Its history is full of colourful characters and unbelievable events. I also think it's largely understudied and that this needs to be corrected. This podcast, then, We'll start with the first human habitation of the Latin American region and trace its history all the way up to the present day. Along the way, we'll encounter native civilizations who built cities as big as anything back in Europe and who had complicated calendars and writing systems. We will examine their strange myths and customs, such as human sacrifice. We will also see why they were conquered so easily by the Spanish and Portuguese. We will hear some of the most exciting tales of adventure and exploration, and we will learn what was going on in the background to inspire them. We will get an insight into how colonial society worked, how Latin America got its independence, and what happened to it afterwards. We will discover corruption, civil wars, political violence, social movements, spying, and the Cold War. We will meet tribal chiefs, magnificent emperors, and greedy conquistadors. There will be slaves, freedom fighters, demagogues and dictators. Hopefully I'll do it justice, and you will agree with me that it's a story worth telling. In terms of content, episodes will be mixed. Some will provide overviews of general social, political, historic and economic trends. Others will tell the story of important events. I aim to provide in-depth analysis while at the same time making the podcast interesting and engaging. Hopefully I'll get the balance right. This is my first attempt at podcasting, or indeed any type of recording. Things may be a little ropey at first as I figure out exactly how to do this. Hopefully that won't get in the way of your enjoyment. If you have any comments or suggestions, you can contact me at historyoflatinamericapodcast at gmail.com or via the Facebook page. This can be found by searching for The History of Latin America. Anyway, I hope you find the podcast interesting and will join me on this journey. With all that out of the way, let's get started.
Hello and welcome to the Latin American History Podcast. Today we're going to start at the beginning, right at the beginning, by looking at how people first got to the Americas. As we shall see, this is a question that has not yet been fully answered. Most of the academic community agrees that people first arrived in the Americas by crossing a land bridge at the Bering Straits. This is the area where Alaska meets Russia. It's thought that some of the Siberian tribal groups up there walked across and reached Alaska. Not much else is firmly agreed on, however. There are a couple of theories about who migrated and when. Some people think it was a slow drip-drip of migration over thousands of years, whereas others think that there were specific waves of migration. People back then would have been fairly nomadic, that is, they'd have moved around in search of food. As there was a land bridge connecting Alaska to Siberia, crossing over wouldn't have seemed like such a big thing. It's possible that these people didn't realise they were migrating across continents. They were just moving as they always had done, in search of animals and other food. People may even have moved back and forth, over generations. On the other hand, it is possible that one person thought, I want to move my people, migrate them to a new place. There are, of course, no archaeological records or written histories from the time. This makes it a lot harder for us to work out exactly what went on and when. While it would have been fairly easy to cross over the land bridge, once they reached Alaska, there was a problem. In order for the land bridge to exist, the sea levels must have been lower. Where had all this water gone? Well, it was locked up in glaciers. Alaska and Siberia would have been frozen tundras, but there would have been land. It may have been covered in snow, but there was land there. Canada, on the other hand, was covered in glaciers. These were huge sheets of ice on which nothing could grow and no animals could live. They stretched across huge distances, and this would seem to make further migration impossible. How would these people have fed themselves as they crossed the glaciers? It's the questions of how and when people moved out of Alaska that has caused the most debate within academic circles. For most of the 20th century, there was a theory known as the Clovis First Theory, and this is the most popular explanation of how the Americas were first populated. Clovis is an archaeological site found all the way down in New Mexico. For a long time, the earliest evidence of human habitation in the Americas was found here. This evidence consisted of spearheads, with indentations on them suggesting that they may have been attached to wooden poles to make spears. They are believed to have been made around 13,000 years ago, and this style of spear was known as the Clovis Point. As these were the oldest artefacts found in the Americas, it was thought that these must have been the first people to make it out of Alaska. How did they get there, though? How did they make their way past the glaciers? It was suggested that as the glaciers started to retreat, corridors formed which allowed people to travel right through the middle of them. As the Clovis site is in the middle of the North American continent, far from the coasts, this theory seemed to make some sense. Just enough land was uncovered so that they could travel down through the Great Plains of Canada and North America, east of the Rocky Mountains. After reaching the warmer climes of the Clovis area, these people started to disperse, and this is the root of all the American peoples. Now this theory made sense. How else did people get past the glaciers? As new evidence came to light, however, the theory started to be tested. The new technique of radiocarbon dating 
started to show that the spearheads were made later than we had originally thought. This could mean that the people of Clovis migrated later than we'd first thought. More importantly, however, new evidence of human habitation in North America was found. And this was not just at a single site, but at many. A number of sites that predated Clovis were found all over the USA, and these places weren't on a route that made sense if you were travelling down from Alaska to Clovis. Sites were found in Pennsylvania, Oregon, Wisconsin, and Virginia. In places such as Venezuela, Brazil, and Chile. The earliest was found at Pedra Ferrada in northern Brazil. Rock paintings and the leftover from fires have been found down there. It's still debated how old they are. It's still debated how old these are, but some could be up to 50,000 years old. So much older than Clovis. The Monte Verde site in Chile is thought to have been inhabited up to 14,000 years ago, and the average age of artefacts is 12,500 years old. Again, there's some dispute about the exact ages, but it seems likely that they're older than Clovis. If there were people living this far south, this early, it seems the Clovis theory must be wrong. These people were clearly not the original inhabitants, and they're clearly not the origin of all other populations in the Americas. These new finds date to a time when the glaciers would still have existed. So how did people get down there? The answer is, we still don't really know. There's no single accepted theory that could explain it. It also doesn't mean that some people didn't move down through the corridors in the glaciers. Just that these people weren't the first inhabitants. One of the best theories we have is that of Pacific migration. This theory suggests that people avoided the glaciers by moving down the Pacific coast. This coastline would have been relatively ice-free and could have provided a way for people to get down south past the glaciers. They may have slowly followed the coastline down, or they could have even done the whole thing in boats. Some scientific studies have suggested there may have been sufficient food to support a small population making this migration. They may have fished, or even harvested kelp and seaweed. Furthermore, other theories about early human migration also favour coastal routes. It's thought that the first Australians, for example, may have travelled out of Africa and followed the coastline through Arabia, Asia, India and Indonesia on their way to Australia. While doing so, they avoided inland areas and stuck to the coastline. Genetic evidence also suggests that on the western side of South America there's a higher level of genetic diversity. This could be interpreted as evidence that travel was easier along coastlines, and people moved about and mixed more. This provides some circumstantial evidence to back up the coastal migration theory. There is still, however, no firm evidence to prove that this was what happened. So far, we haven't found any evidence of human habitation on the Pacific coast of Canada that dates from this time anyway. Of course, the sea levels were lower at this time, so such evidence may now be submerged. This theory does make some sense, and I personally think it's the most plausible explanation. We cannot, however, say that this is definitely what happened. While there's not much agreement about how people moved into the Americas proper, most academics agree that people came over the land bridge from Siberia. Other theories do exist, however, and I wanted to share some of them, even if they're not generally accepted by the academic community. After all, plenty of theories that the academic community rejected as crazy have turned out to be true. Just look at Galileo. 
One of these theories was put forward by the Norwegian explorer Thor Heydal. He set out to prove that ancient people were much better at building boats than we give them credit for. He believed that it was possible for people back then to cross the Atlantic and reach the Americas. In order to prove this, he started doing experimental archaeology. Using only materials and techniques known to have existed in the ancient world, he built a boat. He then attempted to sail from Morocco and reach the Americas. If he could do this successfully, using only the techniques and materials of the ancient Mediterranean, then surely those people themselves would have been able to do it. It took three attempts, but eventually he reached the island of Barbados in the Caribbean. While most people don't accept this is actually what happened, they were at least forced to concede that it could have. We have no evidence to suggest that people did make this journey, but it seems they would technically have been capable of it. This was not Hadel's first expedition of this type. He had a theory that the Polynesian people, those famous seafarers who inhabit islands all over the Pacific, may have originated in Peru. This contradicts the generally accepted theory that they came across from Asia. He built a boat and reached Polynesia, once again forcing people to admit that this was technically possible. There's no question that Haydar was an interesting and resourceful man. I admit, I'm a bit jealous about his adventures. If anyone wants to pay me to build some boats and travel around the world in order to prove obscure archaeological theories, please get in touch. Another theory about the peopling of the Americas is the Salutrian hypothesis. This theory is based on similarities in spear points found in France, Spain and Portugal with those found at Clovis. The idea is that Neolithic Europeans may have crossed over the Atlantic, reached America and founded the Clovis culture. This is said to have been done by navigating ice sheets which extended down into the Atlantic during the Ice Age. They may have walked across, used boats, or a combination of the two. Along the way they would have fed themselves by fishing and hunting for seals. Although the spearheads are indeed similar, there is nowhere near enough evidence to accept the theory. It has, however, picked up a few respected academic supporters. Not many, though. It has also been picked up by some white supremacists, who believe that if the first inhabitants of the Americas were European, they should feel no guilt about European colonisation of the continent. The final theory that I will mention has in fact been proved true. It doesn't, however, explain how the Americas were first populated. For a long time, there was a suggestion that the Vikings may have reached America before Christopher Columbus. They had reached Iceland and even Greenland. In their sagas, they claim that Leif Erikson discovered a place west of Greenland and founded a colony called Vinland. The only place this could have been was the east coast of North America. But until the 1960s, no settlement had ever been found. It is now generally accepted that they reached Newfoundland, built colonies there, and probably interacted with the local inhabitants. This is, however, a side note in the history of the Americas. They weren't there long, and they had a minimal impact on a small corner of the continent. As you can see, the history of the first Latin Americans, the first Americans, in fact, is shrouded in mystery. We have some plausible theories, but no one really knows exactly what happened and when. It does seem that people reached Latin America a lot earlier than previously thought. It doesn't seem to be a case of a slow migration down from North America. The earliest sites are in fact found in South America. The accepted history is being revised all the time as new sites and evidence come to light. 
If you're listening to this episode a few years after I've recorded it, the evidence may suggest something completely different. That brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and will join me next time on the Latin American History Podcast. How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.